1: like kobe in the fourth quarter
2: this is the dane moore nba podcast brought to you by blue wire podcast and we are still in las vegas uh, for nba summer league brit you're leaving today john yep. are you leaving after, today after today's tomorrow. game yep. tomorrow okay so yep. two more one more night one more night one more night, <laughs> one more night. John, it's john krasinski of the athletic brit robson of the athletic as well um guys we've been out here for a few days i think i mean th- for me it's this access that being able to be in person talking to pl- people the players the coaches again Britt, this is your first summer league. what's your kind of impression of combining that actually being around the guys and what summer league is
1: yeah I, th- I think uh it's fun to watch the young talent i i do think that the wolves are going out of their way to be accessible mm-hmm. um i think they understand the circumstance they're in right now it was a tough year and a half or so with covid and uh you know it's a fan base that wants access wants people to be talking and uh they have a an interesting story to sell right now in terms of it being a pivotal year in many respects um so yeah i i that part of it's good the heat is ridiculous and uh and the you know i mean just the whole uh clamp down on some of the you know uh, stuff that's going on at thomas and mac and cox is a little weird but mm-hmm. uh you know from what i've heard in the past it's been a lot freer uh so but you know i have no complaints you know other than what i just complained <laughs>
2: <laughs> um john what's it been like for you just uh i guess i, I all three of us have to you know Rosas and Finch mm-hmm. in person in our time here this week it it does I guess for me feel like we're at we're kind of flipping a chapter into all right now here we are the mm-hmm. 2021 22 season is you know is here they've kind of changed the message from you know we're, we're looking to you know expand this roster or change this roster to we're going to maximize what we what we currently do have and I think and I think they've made some some good points in that way. I think some of it is, you know, they weren't able to to make a move. Mm-hmm. What have what, what is your pulse been um, on on this front office and how the how this roster is growing?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's well, it's it's been you know really good to kind of be out here and see people face to face again. Yep. I mean, you know, kind of to what Britt was saying, like you were like the summer leagues of, of the past were wide open mm-hmm. and you could walk down onto the court and you could really kind of mingle and stuff. And so it's been a little more. Restricted that way, but um, there's still plenty of opportunities now to just be bumping into people in in the hotel, to seeing um, seeing them out or out and about, and and just having that face to face interaction. Is such a breath of fresh air um and you know we'll see how that carries over into the uh the season and what we have to f- you know face with restrictions wise for covering the team that way but shaking jaden mcdaniel's hand for the first time right. then been here, like that that kind of stuff makes a difference and so i do think like when you sit in front of chris finch and you talk to him right here like it's a little bit easier to have a, a, a real understanding of where they are of what they think of having an organic conversation and so it, there's no question that they have gently ch- tried to maybe not even gently sh- shifted the narrative of you know we are this aggressive um you know, trade-seeking team, and we're going to try and um, pursue as much high-end talent and now as possible. like, we're just going to let Finch work. Yep, now we're, yeah. And and I think they took a bunch of swings, mm-hmm. and they haven't been able to connect yet. And so now, basically out of necessity, it's, well, these are the guys that we have, you know, presuming that Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. McLaughlin eventually get done. And so now it's definitely shifted to the onus is now on Cat Edwards, Russell, like you guys have to be the ones sure. that lead it because, you know, barring some completely unexpected Ben Simmons trade, uh, there's no major cavalry coming out from outside. It's got to be from from the mm-hmm. guys in the house.
2: I was, uh, I was walking up here. Nick Nurse was sitting in the little cafe place down there, and I was just thinking in my head, uh, and obviously, there's these, these Finch and Nurse comparisons. Mm-hmm. They, they coach together, similar sort of progressions. If Chris Finch is Nick Nurse, Britt, how impactful will that be for this team? I He's think one of be the best coaches.
1: Well, I mean, again, it takes two to tango. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Chris Finch right now. Um, but, you know, the two top players on this team at least the way they're presenting it are both entering this seventh season they were the top two picks in the 2015 draft um and they have a chronic history of lackluster defense and uh prolific offense that has not gotten them anything you know both have been to the playoffs once right um meanwhile their peers are you know succeeding wildly now when i spoke with finch uh, for a long interview for the athletic um, and asked him about you know the reasons for optimism he said um, that D'Lo and Cat are both committed to their best off season ever and are a little rankled over the idea that they have through some fault of their own and some circumstantial let let the you know the grip slip in terms of what their reputation is so if they're committed which is the current you know uh, message uh, then Finch being nurse becomes very important right. if they're not if it's the same old same old um, then you know I don't know how many times you can run this back I think that that's why I call it a pivotal year mm-hmm. and then you know you move on down to Ant and Jaden um, and the, the enthusiasm for both of those players is unbridled within the organization and um, and there's no, uh, I mean, if anything, they, they're they're sincerely overhyping those guys.
2: Yeah, John. In in your l- last piece, you wrote about Jaden and mm-hmm. talked to um, Finch and Rosas, and also John Luca Pasquusi, the assistant GM. And uh, yeah, I think I mean, we we all knew the Jaden like pumping up Jaden thing is is going to come. I'm actually, and after reading you as well too, like. I'm with it though. Like mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. Jaden hype is warranted. It's a it's such a perfect fit for for what this team theoretically has. When when I talked to Finch yesterday, he talked about this team needing high impact, low usage players, and Jaden McDaniels is that with a bullet, and probably not even really with strong aspirations of of being more than that. Uh, he he really is kind of the, the perfect fourth leg, I guess to. To that that trio, wouldn't you say?
3: Yeah, I think so. In, in you know, in terms of game and in terms of temperament, um, right. I do think that he understands that there's a pecking order right now, and he is happy for now, at least, to play in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens over the long term and, and, and how you that think develops. He'll, you think
2: he'll be a guy who's going to want like a couple you, years from now? You I never I don't know. know.
3: You never know. Like, but like, like, let's say that he does blossom the way that these guys think that he truly. can. There will be a come a point where, um, you know, he'll want a big role and a lot of money if he earns that and shows that he's capable of doing that. I think any player will, but or he may settle in and just be like, Look, this is a great kind of supplementary supporting role. Um, I think, but I mean, to me, the whole key for Jaden, um, and, and the reason for the optimism is that he is pretty much the only true two-way player on the roster. Yeah. Um, you know, it's otherwise a bunch of really good offensive players and really bad defensive players or really good defenders and, you know, not much offense. And so, you know, I think Jaden has a long way to go in developing his game offensively, but the tools are there and you can see the outlines of him being, you know, a very impactful you know, in his role offensively. And that's a, that's a big thing for them.
2: And I think those guys can get paid staying Absolutely. in that sort of role. Sure. Mikkel Bridges, Brit, <laughs> not miles. That was lot, both of us. A lot that, of miles bridges. Like, last, last Mikael, one. Mikael is going to get paid. And mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. right. Like, so, yep. so there, I would imagine the players of that archetype, if they got the right people in their ears, they're like, just just do this role and and be special in that role and, and you know,
3: let the chips kind of fall. And away. it's different, too, when he's coming from the 28th pick in the draft versus exactly. top 10. Mm-hmm. Like, now he can say, have all the same aspirations, but he, I think, understands that there is sort of a... Um, a ceiling early that he is going to have to show that he can hit before he can go to the next one right and and so just by that nature i think he did get humbled a little bit um you know gatorade all-american or mcdonald's all-american you know was in some mock drafts as being one of the top picks okay. and then washington didn't work out and he kind of slid down and so the, I think the encouraging thing for the Wolves is that he's been probably the most um, frequent at Mayo Clinic Square all summer long, working on his game, right. um, really putting it in. He seems pretty determined to, to do that, and that's what you need. You need that that hunger, and I think, I think he has it.
1: Britt, do you think he should play power forward? No. But I, I want to um, get back to the people driving Jaden – upward right now is management not Mm Jaden. i mean they're the ones that are saying let's turn him loose at -hmm. the summer league and let's uh you know let's have him run the team they've anointed this you know 20 year old kid as like the the leader of our summer league team you know and and so um and the reason they're doing that is because they want to make him less of a catch-and-shoot guy and more of a secondary playmaker and that to me makes perfect sense because Guys like Jaden are going to be open if he's on the floor with those three scores. And it's very obvious when you watch him now, his handle is not capable of being a secondary playmaker in the in the pure sense of things. You know, he, he barely has a good mm-hmm. crab dribble posting up his crossover facing people. He's just too large in some extent and probably too young. But what I'm saying is, when he is open which he will be frequently and they don't want him to just catch and shoot in the corner his ability to pass and that's what we're seeing you know we'll probably see it again today that's what we saw in their first game is that Jaden is is out there at the elbow passing the ball mm-hmm. and i think that's where this idea of turning Jaden loose he's not going to get 40 you know he'll maybe get 20 if he's on but more than likely he'll get 12 to 16 and four dimes and in the meantime get used to the idea that he's out on the elbow looking for people and I think that's where his offensive leap will be made this year
2: and and I think the point is too even if that doesn't happen even if right he's still
1: a lockdown defender yeah that's what I'm saying
2: like so that's that's why I think it's totally fair to be bullish on him you have a player with you know the classic low or high floor high ceiling that's you know that's a that's a great spot to be in when it's not even your best pick from that class Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and and somehow i was thinking about after i talked to finch and rosas yesterday just didn't even bring up ant and i don't he's almost like hard to talk about because it's just like yeah this is this is good you know (laughs) like right what do we what what even analysis can we apply it's just basically so much it seems to me with ant of how is he going to apply himself Mm -hmm. you know mentally to this to because he's either going to be great or ultimately kind of end up being underwhelming mm. in, to to some extent, um, which is just, you know, the nature of, of, of how we do these things. And I'm at, similar to shaking Jaden's hand for the first time, shaking Ant's hand for the first time and, and seeing them in, per, you know, it's, um, your mind starts running and you realize that Anthony is very young mm. and um and, and moving, you know, and moving in that direction, where, where do you think it is reasonable to project that Ant is going, John?
3: Uh, it, it is difficult because um, if you want to temper expectations, if you want to like be have a little splash of cold water, because everyone, everyone loves Anthony Edwards right now, mm-hmm. like he is on you it, you can't not like the kid just in the the attitude the candor the just effervescence i've used that word like he's just he's just this guy that makes you smile as every time that he interacts with anybody and so like those are the kind of qualities that you look for in like true franchise type players like do they have this sort of electricity that will make people want to follow them Mm -hmm. and so i think he has that but he's 20 years old and he is immature and that's not a bad thing to say everyone at 20 years old is immature and so it's going to be kind of real key that he eventually sorts of just works through the youth of it. Well because and that's
2: how he becomes a culture setter. Correct. Right? Yes. Like, and and I think that's what this team ultimately
3: needs. Needs, right? Yeah. They and need a they need a uh uh, put your you know sword in the ground like follow me this is the way it's going to go and i'm going to change it kind of thing and that he's not ready for that yet he shouldn't be it's i don't know that he can get, get there vision too i don't know like there were there, I, yeah, yeah. there were a couple of times last year where things were not going well and he in the zoom kind of didn't come out and say it but basically like we got to be, we better be working like we better. Mm -hmm. And and to me, I took it as he's starting to just drop the little breadcrumbs of listen to everyone in that locker room. You aren't taking this seriously enough. Mm -hmm. And now he doesn't have the, the, standing yet to really pound the table and have people do that and I think that he would it would be really hard for him to do that at 20 years old and and all of this in the way that he kind of runs his but I I see something underneath that over the years I could see it eventually coming to sure I'm going to hold people accountable but he's got to go through so many other steps before he gets to that
1: I think for the first time in six years or so notwithstanding a butler year um the signature player on the roster is anthony edwards Um, it's not carl anthony towns um if the goal is a sustainable model of winning and ascending into hosting playoff games and being a playoff uh competitor a a chip competitor anthony edwards has to be the guy that ascends a carl anthony towns has already proven he's top 10 all time in true shooting percentage for his career. And he's been to the playoffs once. I mean, there is a need for an incredibly dynamic playmaker on this team. He fits the bill. How fast he gets there depends on how well Cat and D'Lo play this year. And it would be right to have that development proceed under a nice guys have like a, you know devin booker is a pretty good comp i think uh and maybe even mitchell in utah in terms of rookie year promising second year third year growth growth all of a sudden bingo you know you're there you know you're one of the guys now um that's the hope for him and to the extent that um cat and dilo in that order can help usher that transition smoothly that's the great hope i think of the front office which is kind of under pressure to, to make a, a movement here so i would say and i also think the cat maybe less so Dilo, have the temperament to let that ushering happen in a, in a good way
2: I, I think to the booker point right mm-hmm. and you're you're saying three three, four years down the line is when the two three years down the line because he's had one of
1: the books right
2: two three years down the line and that and I think that is the the logical growth of Anthony Edwards does match that but it takes that amount of time I think yeah there's there's a Luca possibility where he's a he's all NBA that that exists because he's because Ant is that talented but more likely than not it's going to take two three years and I know people are you know sick of hearing it and they hate the whole timeline sort of thing but like that's an issue (laughs) that is an issue if it takes ant two to three years to be an all-nba player dilo is off the books in two years and cat is off the books in three years and now what a lot of people would say is well you know they'll be growing and they'll be they'll be a good team um if ant is progressing and carl will come back and d'angelo will come back well Cat's going to be up for a two hundred fifty million dollar extension when when that time comes and you're smiling. You don't think he's going to get it, but he's going to get he's going to he's going to get a max. He's going to get a max extension when when he gets back out on the market. And that when you're at that age, you're being paid to be you know the number one guy. Ant will then be starting you know his, his sort of his max contract at that, that time as well. So if Ant has ascended to that point. I don't know. It, it just—it's—it's it's hard for me to see how this lines up with Cat and Dilo. It's-
3: well, I mean, like I, I do think that it—it it depends on what your idea of successes in terms of like the immediate future in these mm-hmm. next two to three years, I think that you argue if they make the playoffs next year or, mm-hmm. and then, and then they get oh, yeah. to a point like l- look at how the jazz did it with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy, right? Um, made, made the playoffs, made the playoffs, won a series. And now they're kind of in that, that mode of competing. Um, and so I think that the, to me, the, the, the bar is so low for, for, what this team has accomplished over the last several years that I, I'm not as concerned because I don't think they need to be vaulting into Western conference finals contention in the next two years. Right. Like, I, so I think that um, they can watch Ant and, Kind of gradually improve, and if he does gradually improve, um, I think that puts them in. And Carl comes back and is focused and is has you know basketball at the forefront of his. Mind for the first time in a while, um, then I think that can put them at least in the playoff conversation, and that can build momentum. Now, still a lot of things need to happen, but I think, and it, it, the other part of it is, is that you're right in terms of D'Lo being um, up in a couple of years. That might be a time that maybe he's shuffled out and something else comes in. Sure. Maybe Jaden uh, uh, gets to that third spot and and so there will be changes to the roster but I still do think that you could see that Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns being together for a long time because of what Britt was kind of alluding to of if he sees and believes in Ant, like, I think he will be a little bit more open to sharing a spotlight than he was when he did not agree with the way things were being run with Tibbs and Jimmy Butler
1: I know I'm the one that kind of kicked off this two three year thing by talking about Ant's development as things go along the longer I cover the NBA the more I realize that two or three years in such a dynamic league you're just you know you're, you're tossing frisbees at a you know a, a pole about 30 <laughs> yards away and hoping you, you know I mean you, you can't Uh, So many things are going to happen You know The front office right now The ownership right now The roster right now I mean We could just tick things off The Timberwolves history Um, If things proceed smoothly Over the next two or three years It will be the first time In franchise history That that's happened (laughs) That's true (laughs) I'm dead serious You know And so (laughs) What I would say is That um if cat isn't happy because ant is roaring you've said many times yourself you were one of the first people to broach this he brings an enormous amount of value to pivot with um if ant um is kind of a bust then uh that too you know forces another pivot to something that you know where you start to all right where we have to work around cat again or we have to or maybe we tear it all down or whatever but i do think that you have a situation now where you've got some pieces that are valuable pieces as we speak in august of 2021 and a couple of them anyway have large upsides one of them has considerable value right now another one might have considerable value i mean those are the four we got uh, you know aunt Jaden as the second year guys cat dilo as the seven year guys i've always been somebody who doesn't care that much about the dual timeline i think you can have parallel timelines to some extent i know that salary wise that brings a little bit of a uh you know disruption to things but i also know You got two owners that want to make a splash, you know, for the first time in many, many years. I mean, Marvin, Harvin, Glenn Taylor aren't exactly poster guys for making splashes. Let's face it, and so that's another dynamic you're bringing in. Um, Who knows if there'll be a a game changer, a a big arena push? You know, Um, so many things can happen, and you have Cat, you have D'Lo, and then you have Ant, you have. Jaden, you have Finch now, first full season. You know, I'm kind of bullish on the team, as I've said to you a few times before. Uh, but I also have no illusions about what we're looking at over the next two or three years. There's going to be obstacles and potholes, not least because there's going to be at least three or four Western Conference teams I, I think my that might dramatically change.
2: My, my question is when are those obstacles? I think that's what I'm thinking about because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the two years of DeLo's contract. Oftentimes, what happens for star level players, it's they're out before the deal's up, right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing goes for Cat. So, so a lot of times it's like, oh, that, that's you know three years down the line. Well, you're going to either need to, if Cat's going to be here, you're going to extend him before that contract happens. So sometime in the next year or two years, you'll make that extension, or you will trade him, and it probably something similar with Dilo. So, I, I guess the main thing I'm trying to assert in this is I think it's all sooner than we might think. Hmm. That you know that you right, and I'm not even saying one is right or wrong. This I, is I, the, really no, no,
3: this is the year. Yeah, yes, like this is the year that you make. You're at least making your decision, like a major, there could, there's a theoretical possibility and a high probability that at the end of this next season, there are major decisions that have to be made. Mm -hmm. Now, if everything goes well and they are, they're in, maybe they're the eight seed or they're in that plan or whatever it is. And you say, this is all coming together. Now you're going all in, like it's cat and ant and like, that's the way it's going to be for the next, hopefully several years after that if it does not go well like then I think you're really looking at what do you do with Cat because you're going to have Anthony Edwards under contract for a lot longer Mm -hmm. and if Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell going into year sevens with no other veterans around them now ricky Rubio's not here jay uh, clemens the oldest yeah ed davis is gone like all that like <laughs> these are the two guys for sure and so it's put up or shut up time now i am higher on Cap than i think a lot of people are but like this is going to be the evidence mm-hmm. that's right and i i really think that by the time the dust settles on this season you are really going to know if carl anthony towns is a player you want in this organization for a long time or if something needs to change and maybe Cat makes that decision for you too who knows but um, you know he wants to be here I think he likes Ant I think he wants to be the guy who stays in Minnesota and with an organization that really bends over backward for him but you know the time for kind of talking and all that is I think it's, it's over now now it's now he's got a lot of the stuff behind him and he's gonna he's working on his game and doing all that and if that does not breed winning if that doesn't breed like it can, like pretty you know decent success that's where the, the hard questions will be asked
1: I, I agree with all that i actually think
2: that that's a kind of nice place to be if you think about it right yeah like if it, again if I you agree. if you become like the eighth eighth seed this year and you start moving in the right direction. It's like, okay, good. Like we're moving in that direction. But even if you do hit a rocky path and, you know, Carl does does end up wanting out, well, you're going to get a ton for him. And so it's like from where this team is building, like thinking about the next three years, I don't think I have, certainly since I've covered the team, I don't think I've been as optimistic about the three years down the road of the team because mm-hmm. because they're not they're not in the hole any picks anymore. They got off wig, they got off Jang, they got off Teague. Like you, the the like you have the Torian Prince. Okay, that's not you know that's going to be gone. That's not a great one. D'Lo people like to say that's like a a bad contract, but he's an impactful player. Like you're getting to this point where you're going to not be in the hole at all. Plus you're going to have at least one young stud, 20, 21 Mm -hmm. year old and aunt and and Jaden as well. So I'm, I think I'm less optimistic about this season than Britt. You I've talked to you more about it, but oddly the, the future, which I think is likely going to include lots of change I, I'm not scared of that change as someone who would like to see the the wolves do well. I think change could really, I don't know, put the pieces, like it's, it's like they're all like a, one small adjustment away from, from making things work.
3: Yeah. Possible. I, yeah. I just like, I, I understand fully why there's skepticism, cynicism about cat like I, I under like he has earned a lot of that but I I have just of the mind that I think back to the start of Ryan Saunders first year yeah. as a coach and how time. great he was and he has been injured he has had you know the heartbreak and all those things and he fell behind Jokic and Embiid by a wide margin but I think he is so naturally talented and I absolutely think it's uh, a very real possibility that by the time December comes around by Christmas when everyone starts paying attention to the NBA again there's going to be a storyline of well y'all forgot about Towns everyone doubted him well yeah he earned some of that or or he had some of that on him but like I think he can be I do think he can be a monster offensively, at least, and really impactful. And we could you, you can look at that, and if he assumes that role, that just that changes a lot for what they can be in the short term as well as the long term.
1: I am slightly less optimistic about Cat. Uh, I grant all the optim, optimism about his offense. I do think that if he's used well. Um, things really good things can happen um i think the dominant minutes of power forward are a very long committee right now mm-hmm. uh you know I, I would put them at uh, mcdaniels vanderbilt prince nas i mean yeah. that's really those four people um will get mixed and matched according to what the opposition is throwing up um, Cat will be a five Sometimes a four Sometimes And those things will be switching Sometimes They'll be dropping Sometimes um, And Let's face it That uh, They can't be 25th In defense And Compete Even for a play And I don't think And so That's kind of Where I wonder I am hoping that i saw cat mature last year i thought Mm he he despite the numbers played the best defense of his career and i think he has an awareness now that that's what he needs to do he needs to be a more of a two-way player and i think that as long as he doesn't delude himself into thinking he's better than he is or that he's being victimized Uh, both in the long term in terms of being not used well and in the short term by the whistles and the schemes, um, and he just basically is more accountable to himself at that end of the floor, um, then I think that's good news. I think that if he slips on defense and D'Lo and Ant slip on defense, um, it's going to be Another another cloud show.
3: Well, that's where the Joseph Blair thing is like a real issue. Yeah, like we can say, you know, we, I think we've this has been a largely optimistic podcast to this point, but <laughs> when, when you lose your defensive coordinator the day, two days before summer league starts, when he's coach. yeah, yeah, and 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 like you know, that was, he was going to be the voice right. on that side. And like Britt, you've said it too, like he was going to be like the, the accountability oh, right. guy. Yeah, yeah. The knuckle cracker. And, and so now you're moving him out and whoever they bring in, I mean, maybe maybe that'll all work out and it'll be just fine, but it is a, an unexpected setback for the staff. I think.
2: Cat needs help. Yes. Defensively. Mm-hmm. And that can be teammates, be coaches. And, you know he cat himself holds a lot of blame for the Timberwolves being a bottom 10 defense every year of his career the best the best defensive rating the Timberwolves ever had rank wise in the league of, of his six years was 21st mm-hmm. that's the best and he that's the season he played the least minutes of his career mm-hmm. he he holds blame they hold blame for the way they've used him defensively the players they've put around him and the, and the coaches they've they've put around him because the coaches have the previous two regimes have used cat wrong or it, it, it's going to be different. They're going to use them different. They're, they have to. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Finch will, and I know Brett, you think it'll be maybe a little bit more of a, more of a mix, but one way or the other, this whole, to, for us to get to the optimistic part of this, like the very first step is show me you're an average defense, 25 games into the season. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't do that, if we're 25 games in the season, they're 28th again, which they were under Finch under the 22 games at the end of last season. Then it's like, then this, this off season of nothingness ages even worse. And, you know, and you're in that spot, but I'm, I am curious how much coaching can impact this this team defensively, mm-hmm. Finch specifically. I know Tibbs has a great reputation as a defensive coach. I don't think he was a good defensive coach for the Timberwolves. I don't think Ryan Saunders and David Vanterpool were good defensive coaches for the Timberwolves. What can Chris Finch be? And mm-hmm. and <laughs> the, Joseph Blair the, replacement. The
1: president of basketball operations was running uh, power forwards next to Cat, who were just absurd mm-hmm. partners on defense. And so you know you toss out Gogi Jiang. And you put in Robert Covington um,
2: Disaster
1: Mm -hmm. Anyone with any understanding of how Cat plays He needs a bruiser he needs somebody who can be a little bit of an enforcer in the paint, because otherwise he's gonna get beat up in there in the, the scrums under the basket. He's gonna get pissed off, he's gonna get whistles against him, and he's going to lose himself a little bit. And how many games have we seen where the, you start circling the drain in the third quarter because that dynamic is appearing? And you've got a situation now, John made a really good point about you know Blair and the coaching situation. You have a committee at Power Ford, and you have basically now a committee somewhere on the sidelines yet to be determined. Both of them are morasses And so when we have been optimistic, we've been optimistic because they have a phenomenal amount of firepower. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like D'Lo in general as a player. I think that's been pretty obvious. But even I got a cop to the idea that he is a marvelous, he gets his own shot Very easily in a crowd Uh, He likes crunch time Um, He's got a great handle Um, He's a defense He's an offensive uh, Way above average offensive player I think Um, Cat No more needs to be said I mean the true shooting percentage is phenomenal He's a a level There isn't a place on the court Where his career shooting percentage Isn't above average I mean for somebody 6'11 That's phenomenal and then Ant is, you know, on the cusp of becoming just a stupendous, you know, Score. play creator. All you need, I don't think, you know, you'd, I'm not even sure you need average, but you can't have 28th. I'd be, I, I'm a kind of expecting, if I'm bullish on this team, about 20th.
3: That's what I thought. Get get into the team 2019 somewhere in there it should be a reasonable, like, goal. Yeah, I I, I think that's... I don't think you make the playoffs,
2: if that's what it is, though.
3: I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, if you're top 10 well, offense, offense, you know, like, I think you can do that. in Because of the regular season. Now, once you get to the playoffs, well, I, that's I, when you. That's what all it all, all yeah. So,
2: So, are you saying – okay, how good do they need to be offensively if they're 20th defensively? Yeah, probably five, between five? five and ten. Five and eight. Yeah, five, nine. Because that's what, yeah, yeah you're right. Port, that's a good example, right? Yeah, I think Portland was second or third and mm-hmm. 29th on mm-hmm. defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's what Finch said yesterday when, when we talked, he said, we are going to lean into our strengths mm-hmm. no matter what. So that's what they, we're going to outscore you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he, and he literally said, and be 15, be average defensively and then we'll be a net positive.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and that starts with like, that's like, that's clearly where he is at in terms of let's just make the playoffs mm-hmm. like let's start there right. and a little bit Tibbs like in terms of like let's just get there and and really kind of re-establish us a, a floor for what this team mm-hmm. should be and then see what happens I think that that seems to be the approach right now with this quiet quiet offseason. while we don't have we you didn't go out and get Uh, Any kind of defensive-minded guys, we'll see what Vanderbilt brings back, assuming they get a deal done with him. But um, they're going to, yeah, just like, well, this is what we got. So let's score 120 a game and see what happens.
1: And I don't know if he said this to you yesterday. What he said to me in the long conversation I had with him was they need to be better in transition and they need to rebound better. Mm -hmm. And if they did those two things, he said those are the things – uh and both of those things are not necessarily half court things uh you know which is what most people think when they think of defense and one of the things i've always found fascinating about finch is that the blend i mean he does not think in terms of half court he thinks in terms of i mean what he said to me the other day was defense starts when the other team gets the ball um, and so it isn't like the 16 seconds that you are suddenly in the half court. You know, he said that's why I'm such a big believer in offensive rebounding. Uh, he wants to crash the boards. He wants to get back in transition afterwards. That's why I think after Rosas kind of poo-pooed Vanderbilt, and that was kind of the abiding narrative. I think Finch took a good look at things and said, this guy fits my philosophy. If they get a defensive rebound, Vando more often than not is challenging that pivot off that rebound. And that's the kind of thing I think Finch wants. He wants to start... First you slow down the transition Even before the guy is taking a dribble right. And then you get back Because you're one of those maniacal hustlers Like Kogi or Vando Or some of these other folks Jaden and, and get set up that way And then if you get rebounds To you know ward off possessions you make a miss and then you get the board so they don't extend the possession i think that's i've never so, really
2: heard the idea of offensive rebounding as so as a way to slow down well remember in when he
1: said it before when we talked about no transition defense and should you get back yeah and he said i don't believe in getting back you know he doesn't want to get back right away he wants to challenge the boards and then hustle back
2: normally teams that prioritize yeah right transition yeah.
3: defense that don't is, offensive rebound that at all exactly right outlier, that was right. San Antonio like yeah. that's right and Boston did that for when a yep. long
1: time right As, uh, as a doc. but you know unconventional wisdom
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, wrapping up John if you had to put a percentage chance that something happens other than Vanderbilt what would you put it at
3: I mean like maybe 8% um, I I like I, I what I've said is I'm not going to eliminate the Ben Simmons possibility until he's playing for another team, mm-hmm. because just knowing how Rosas operates when he gets an idea in his head and, you know, you and I, we've all been out here this this week um, and kind of reading the tea leaves like around the league. And I don't think there's a market for Ben Simmons right now. And I think that helps the Timberwolves. Possibly maneuver at least to not be getting hung up on anymore in when conversations start. And so, again, I don't think it's likely. I think it's yeah. a long shot, but I am—I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at this point.
2: Yeah, that's what I've—I've I've gathered from this week too—is that it's not dead. Yeah, it isn't, and uh, it's interesting because that totally—they—if that six percent chance happens and they do go down this, penn Simmons path. It completely makes the 49 minutes been talking <laughs> irrelevant because it changes everything. Yeah. You've now, you've changed the style of this team. You've, you've changed that. My little Rosie. Oh, well, even if you have to trade cat, you now have all these picks and all this. Well, no, it's going to cost you a ton to get them. I mean, I,
1: but give me that over 45 minutes of talking about Ben Simmons when he doesn't show up 95% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, that. I mean, you got to talk about what you see. Right, mm-hmm. right. No.
2: And I've talked about Ben Simmons. Funny. I just think, like, whether it's Ben Simmons or, or not, and this is just like more of a league thing, like, I, that it's been a weird offseason and timing. Like, I think trades are going to come. Yeah. I think that around yeah. the league whether you know people say the Beal the Lillard the, the whatever and mm. there will be you know reverberations that mm. that come from that because what I've always said is I think the the Simmons shoe is waiting to drop after the Beal yes. does or it secures or it yeah. tightens the shoelaces so I think there's you know it's just going to be normally when we leave summer league it's like all right let's take a month-long nap and I think there our potential for things to be happening and the wolves
3: could be a could I, yeah could be involved some way somehow exactly I,
1: yeah i can't I, I can't get past the fact i keep thinking that it's going to be they're going to it's going to be some kickout deal where the mm-hmm. major teams are involved in something and the wolves get in to get like the eight million dollar guy that doesn't like fit they did with, with trevion graham and shabazz napier yeah yeah, yeah something like but that. maybe Although, obviously better. bigger yeah. names yeah. Yeah. hopefully but yeah the whole idea of creating that space if you've created that space and you haven't used that space and you're sitting with taurine prince on your roster rather than ricky rubio on your roster Mm -hmm. let's face it that doesn't make sense on many levels unless you drop another shoe right i mean uh you've added to your collection of Point power forward mediocrities and strip mind your point guard depth to the point where uh, you know you have to hope that your two way player that you kind of screwed over salary wise the last couple of years comes around. <laughs> right. You know, I mean that's really not great team
3: management. And if you like, if you want to play D'Angelo off the ball as much as Finch says, exactly, McLaughlin's going to have a higher role and. And so... And Ant, too. There. And Ant, yes. I, I
2: think that's it. That's what, It's going to be interesting to actually start watching this team. Mm-hmm. Because as as much as we point at the last 22 games of the season as, you know, a happy story or whatever, so many things were, are bizarre about that time in that you started Ricky over Delo the majority of it, or half of those 22 games, I think. Um you know, you you have some of the nature of the teams they weren't playing down the str- like a lot of the teams they're playing down the stretch like weren't trying. Cat missed two games for his mom's uh, funeral anniversary. It's so it's we just haven't really. I know this is <laughs> we haven't seen it. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 really we really haven't seen it, and we certainly haven't really seen it under Chris Finch because I think he's going to put together a defensive plan that's different than it was at the end of last season. He's got an offensive plan that's different than last season. And Rosas has not given him a different roster than last season.
1: so. It's- but, but he is... You can see Finch's imprint on the team. Rosa, what Rosas is doing is saying, all right, you know... Um, I mean, the McLaughlin, uh, the... Uh, well, certainly the Vanderbilt and McDaniels, you know, uh, their boost in their stock, I think, is really Finch-driven in both cases.
2: And I think... And I think he's open. I think Finch has opened up Rosa's eyes to, hey, let's look at some different paths to the
1: way we could build this team. Yeah. Small ball four is, uh, you know, it's so 2019.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly.
2: Um, All right, guys, we got to go to uh, the Wolves' second summer league game. Um, I appreciate you coming out over here. It's been fun to. I've, I've talked to both of you like way too much this week, <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you giving me another in your new palatial
1: hour. surrounding. Mm, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you telling your readers about your opulence? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we are at we are at the encore. Uh, with, at what is it? The win. I, I don't know. Yeah. We're in the blue. Well, uh, be- there's a video of this. Yeah, Somebody beautiful. See that. Yep. Beautiful ballroom. Yep. <laughs> uh, he's Brett Robson, John Krasinski. Uh, obviously, I'm sure you all read and follow everything they're doing brit you have a piece coming out we'll, we'll, we'll see what we'll, happens we'll <laughs> see and john you're you're writing constantly again thanks guys for coming and uh i'll talk to you soon as for the next podcast i don't know i don't know what i'm doing i'll uh, i'll let you all know later peace out